and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Charlie. And I always forget what line goes here. You're a 20-something rereading her favourite... We're two 20-somethings rereading our favourite childhood book, this time with added alcohol and cynicism. In today's episode, we are reading the final chapter of Harry Potter and the Order of the phoenix not like and the phoenix which you have said so many times someone on discord suggested that we go back and tally the amount of times i've said it and i have uh, to do a shot for every time i'm not going back through if you like want to do that if someone wants to do that and kill me because i'm pretty sure i would die after that many <laughs> shots go the fuck ahead go live your best life please someone tally that for us but yeah we're reading the final chapter of this very long book so grab a glass of your favorite alcoholic beverage i didn't want to steal the whole line from you <laughs> i can't remember how it is and now. join us on, on this, this drunken, drunken reminiscent, reminiscent journey. journey anyone else sick of that <laughs> Hello. Hello. You're wearing a little coat thing, I just realised. I'm fucking freezing. And you've not offered me anything. And I'm I'm sat here, like, like basically little, naked. Would you like a little coat thing? No, I'm fine. Although you do have my actual coat and my headphones. That's your fault. Stop leaving things in my... Ooh, there's something in here. Ooh. The suspense. It's my own CV. <laughs> Can I read? Yeah, I think this is from Why do you like... have a physical copy of your CV? <laughs> I think this is from when I was like doing Zoom interviews, like last time I was applying for jobs. And I had this, because I was doing Zoom interviews, I would prop this near uh... here and I must have just put it away in this coat. I'm a little bit drunk. Little Not bit that drunk. much. Just a little bit. That's nice. A little bit sloshed, as as the Tories would say. We have loads to go through at the top of the episode because do. this is the Final chapter. It's the final chapter. This is another one of our overused jokes. It is not the final episode of the season. There are two more episodes in the season yeah, coming up. Yeah, because we're doing something we haven't done before. We have. Should we talk about that now? Should we yes. talk about that first? Yeah. Oh, we have decided the from now going forward, so for the final three seasons of this podcast, we've decided to add an extra episode at the end of each season called the listener phone-in episode, not its official title. We might change that. <laughs> so basically, a lot of you have opinions about our podcast mm -hmm. or have opinions about what we say or like basically... Or just the books. It just doesn't have books. to be us centred. No, but like basically because we do this thing on our Discord, whenever we release a new episode, two days later, we go into the Discord and do a new, list, a, a new episode hour mm -hmm. where we sit in there and talk just about the new episode and like ask what people think and their like opinions on what we covered and like people have so many good theories and so many things we didn't even think of which we were like this should be opened out to everyone so we're adding a listener phone in episode so basically it will be an episode kind of dedicated made by you guys our listeners where it's your thoughts on order of the phoenix so we want you to send in your theories Answers to questions we asked in the series. Questions you had about things in the series. Things we didn't notice in Order of the Phoenix. Uh, new interpretations of moments we did notice, but you have a different opinion on. Mm -hmm. Missing moments that we didn't cover. Literally anything about yeah. Order of the Phoenix. Basically, you're one of those people that sit there 
like talking to us and then you're like actually that they can't hear me (laughs) now is your time because we will be able to hear you and the whole episode will be people's thoughts yeah and we really want to encourage people to send in voice notes and we will have the details in the description of where to send those blah 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 we want to encourage voice notes because no one's going to judge you none of our listeners are those shitty kind of people that are ever ever going to judge you for your voice or your execution, or anything like that. In terms of sound quality, we will boost it up. Um, however, if you really aren't comfortable sending in a voice note, you can feel free to email us something in, and we will read it out. Yeah, we'll read it ourselves. If you are sending in a voice note, we ask that you keep it to under two minutes, ideally. Yeah. Just because we need to make this episode, you know, we need to edit it. So, you know, keep it under two minutes if possible. Yeah, just um, try and be sensible with the length. At the end, of, no one... I'm sorry, I love you all. No one wants to hear you talk for 20 minutes. Yeah, but also if you're at 1 minute 58 and you're like, oh, switch it off, that's fine. Yeah, but yeah, just be sensible with it. And you guys should be listening to this episode. God, look at this planning we do. You guys should be listening to this episode on February 28th, the final day in February, if you're listening on the day it comes out. And we would ask that you get your voice notes into us at gobletofwinepodcast at gmail.com. All that information will be in the description by Friday the 11th of March. Yes, so, so you have some time. You've got some time. You've got just under two weeks. Yeah, just send us in anything anything you've been wanting to reply to us in any of the episodes and that's the thing this season has been going on like two years <laughs> so like this can be back from the beginning of the books and yeah we'll structure it there are going to be some voice notes we just play out in full and don't reply to like don't not reply to but some that aren't going to need our replies yeah. some that we like reply to their thoughts like we don't know how it's going to be strung together yet that's the excitement of it yeah it's gonna be chaos so yeah if you want to be featured in a proper episode of goblet of wine send your thoughts on order of the phoenix into us by friday the 11th of march whoop 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 how exciting new things gotta love it things other things at the top of the episode as this is the final chapter that means that our house cup for order of the phoenix has closed on discord Woo! for those of you that somehow don't know by now basically every single time that you send a message in our discord you get between one and three points at the end of every i don't know tends to be about half a book we tally up those points we reset the scores and we announce what house has won as well as the prefects, which are the people that have the most points in every single house and they get access to a special prefect bathroom where people mostly just post about their bowel movements. So why would you not want to be a part of that? It's, I don't it's, know. It's fully excellent. The mind um, boggles. This is also, we always point it out, but this is the absolute best time. If you're thinking about joining the Discord, but you're worried about like jumping in there, this is the best possible time that you could join the Discord because all of the points have been reset. So you're in with a chance of becoming a prefect or just helping your uh, house in general to win the house cup. Yes. So I was like, what is ask Hannah? Hannah, who, who do you think... What what are your what are your who do you think is in fourth? What house? I always think Gryffindor because it's got the least amount of people. Yeah, but my second choice would be uh, Slytherin mm-hmm. because I think we have a lot of Hufflepuffs and Ravenclaws. Yeah. Okay, so I can tell you that your first instinct was absolutely correct in the last place. As I feel like this is per normal, right? No, I think we once got third. <laughs> So pretty much as normal, Gryffindor, pick your fucking act up with 30,170 points. We have Gryffindor. I will point out, 
uh, just for people's information. We're now doing it. So you have to get over 500 points, which is not that many to actually be counted purely because there are hundreds of people because some people just discord isn't their thing or they just have discord and get automatically added and they have like one point i'm I'm so sorry i can't count up 300 people manually so basically you get over 500 points so yeah out of all those people that got, got over 500 points yeah gryffindor d- did Last the worst place. come Woo. on i'm constantly asking for new gryffindors on discord and then i set a terrible example in there yep but our, our our wonderful, lovely, sexy uh, prefect for Gryffindor House is Cameron, who got 12,270 points. That's almost half of the points. Yeah. Thank you, Cameron. Woo! You're the best. Who do you think came in third? Slytherin. You think? Yes. Is that because beforehand I was bitching about how only three people from Slytherin have gotten over 500 points? Yeah, but also when I go on Discord, most of people's colours are yellow and blue. Right, well, you're wrong. (gasps) Then I think it's Ravenclaw. Well, then you're wrong. Oh, my God. In third place with 32,514 points is Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff slipping. Come on. Get it together. They have 27 people that have qualified the, like, over... Actually, no. Yeah, but, like, there's a lot. They by far have the most people. Um, Teamwork. Teamwork. I know. I know. Didn't make the dream work today. it, It can confirm... It did not. And in first place out of Hufflepuff, so our Hufflepuff prefect for the next half a book, with 8,790 points is Hannah Marb. Woo! Another Hannah. Another Hannah. We are taking over. So who do you think came in first? Ravenclaw. You think? Yeah. Well, you would be correct. Yes! Uh, So in second place with 40,350 points is Slytherin. Yeah, Slytherin. What the fuck, guys? Because there's like a fair amount of Slytherins, but only three people got over 500 points. Like, so there are Slytherins, but they're just choosing not to talk, which, like, and I will three admit, of them are very Slytherin. the house, carrying the house. What, and this is the thing one of those is me. So, that's only two people that are and actually. You talk, talk quite, quite a bit, but you don't talk like crazy amounts. No, I don't. But, like, so, guys, what the fuck? Good work, Slytherins. Like, I get that it's quite Slytherin to be that antisocial, but um, can I have some? Can, can some of you talk join, more? Come back, just talk, just do something. Yeah, like, it's I, quite impressive. A reminder that even if you don't want to join in with all the other things that go on in Discord, because there there is a lot. Although there's channels for everything now, like anything you like, there is a channel for. But we do do the new episode discussions. Um, I do. Either usually 5 p.m., if not 6 p.m. on Tuesdays, so the day after release, and Charlie does 5 p.m. on Wednesdays. Well, 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. on Wednesdays. On Wednesdays, and that's in the new episode spoilers channel. Yes, so that's a that's an incentive. But yeah, so the prefect for Slytherin is Rachel, a.k.a. Monica, who had 22,750 points. Oh. That's so many. That's a lot of points. Wow. Yep. And then, yeah, so first place, Ravenclaw. Well done. Once again, they win because there's just... So many so, of them. So I, many. I am proud this podcast attracts so many Ravenclaw listeners. Like, I think that that reflects well on us. Sure. <laughs> and so, to be fair, it does reflect well on us that we seem to attract so few Gryffindors. <laughs> 
Yeah, so Ravenclaw got 51,614 points. And in first place, so no, sorry, yeah, it's Rachel, which is hilarious because she's not up to date with the podcast. That's so rude. So yeah, Nikita is the prefect yep. for Ravenclaw. Whereas our head human is Rachel, who has a piss kink. Has a piss kink and isn't up to date with this podcast. No, so won't even be listening to this. <laughs> the bitch. So that the points will not be reset again till midway through Half-Blood Prince, which will not be for a year. That's a long time. That's a long time. So join now. Start getting those points. Also, by the time you guys listening, we're back posting bonus episodes yes. on Patreon. We're not being human pieces of shit anymore. Um, we got one mean message and I decided to read just before I started recording that I was like, this made me sad. I don't know why I did this. Yeah, we promise it's not because we don't care. <laughs> just so busy. No, I, it's better for us to go away, get our heads back in and come back. But yeah, by the time you guys are listening to this, there are new bonus episodes on the Patreon. So yeah. I can't promise they're going to be consistent, but they're there right now. Yes. There's a lot going on. Now's a great time to join the Discord. And thank you all so much for talking in the Discord because me and Charlie are, are you guys hold it together like that's what I love about it like it's really done by our listeners rather than us like it's run by them every time I go on I'm like guys how do I do this and they have to teach me things yeah well though because I'm so and I do like the technical side of the discord like building it out and there was that one time when I got really confused and accidentally set the entire picture of the discord to a photo of me crying naked <laughs> But then Charlie sometimes forgets that I do have the power to do the technical things. I just don't know how to do it. But at one point I did go in and change her name. And she was just like, I didn't know you know how to do that. I, I was, was like, very impressed. I was like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> right. We also have many other things to do at the top of the episode. Uh. So first thing, we have a review. So this review comes from Polly Luke 64 who, to caption this, hilarious and nuanced, incredible, hilarious, thought-provoking. This podcast got me through some hard times. I'm sorry you've had that. I really like the change of inflection (laughs) that you did. You started off so enthusiastic and then you clearly read the words hard times and you were like, shit, change of tone of voice. (laughs) Sorry. The switch from deep and nuanced discussions of important topics explored in the Harry Potter books to tangents and stories from the charming host is impressive and makes you feel like you're sitting comfortably chatting with old friends. They then talk about how... They recommend it to people who are Harry, po- Harry Potter fans, but not JKR stands because she's a traitorous turf and any liberal Potter fan would love this. Uh, perfect for any fans of fanatical fix and where to find them. Woo! Sisters. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Polly Luke. That is a great review. Thank you so much for leaving it. Then we have some new patrons to welcome to the team. But before that, we have a shout out, a correction shout out for a patron whose name we pronounced wrong. <laughs> One of the many. I'm so sorry. But this person was like, I'm not messaging because I'm at all annoyed. I'm messaging <laughs> because you two are hilarious idiots. So we saw this name written down and we're like, oh, it's French. <laughs> Enrique. And they messaged like, I'm German. It's hey, it's Henrika. 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 And we went Henrique. <laughs> Look. Sorry, Henrika. At least we completely botch all names equally. <laughs> like you know oh god we're terrible then we have some new patrons to welcome to the team so a tsunami size thank you to sammy 
An ashy volcano size thank you to Ashley, who is a new producer level patron. Um, I've decided that we're going with natural disaster themes today. <laughs> An earthquake size thank you to Elizabeth. A. Charlie's I've decided I'm going with a theme. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of words. Um, you can do it. A Dante Inferno size thank you to Dexter. A monsoon size thank you to Marsha. An asteroid. <laughs> That is impendingly hitting the earth. Size thank you to Anna. Thank you all so much. Thank you. I, I hope you enjoyed this themed. Don't say this is a new thing we're going to start. Don't. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> no um, more new things. I will say, in case you guys can't realise, we have been drinking all day. Nah. We've not done a properly drunk one in ages. I don't feel that drunk, but my body is very confused right now because I went to bed at 4.30, so... Valid. My body's like, is it the morning? Is it night? Am I drunk? What is life? Yeah. Am I hungry? Yeah. <laughs> we watched two games of rugby. We had some pints. Yep. We had some Greek food and then we had some more pints. And then we had some more pints because... What a great segue. Look at that. <laughs> we are so smooth. We are such good podcasters. It's, it's almost like we've been podcasting for three and a half years. And yet this is still a piece of trash. <laughs> Why does anyone listen? Garbage. Um, So we have a producer level alcohol today from a juicer level patron. <laughs> wow. Producer level patron tier alcohol. And it's like, I'm not drunk. Ronan asks us to drink Guinness, which actually works out so well because we put this recording after watching two games of rugby and Guinness is the sponsor of the rugby. Yeah. So and, like, amazing. And also, it's the episode before my boyfriend comes on, yes. who is Irish and absolutely would have made us drink Guinness and now cannot. Ha ha. So thank you, Ronan. But Ronan asked us to drink Guinness and I was immediately like, well, obviously we have to buy a can to record because... I can't mm -hmm. bring a freshly poured pint here. Well, you say that. You live two minutes from a pub. I feel like we could have walked it. <laughs> yeah, but then we'd be stealing their glasses. But I would bring them back to them. Yeah, and also, it's a chain pub, yeah. surely. It's not an independent, so that's fine. But anyway, we brought canned Guinness. But I was like, I've heard, I know that canned Guinness is not yeah. real Guinness. So before this, we went to a pub for a real Guinness. And we tried to get them <laughs> to let us pour it ourselves because Ronan mentioned the like double pour thing with Guinness mm. and I was like oh it would be hilarious if we could film ourselves pouring the pint yeah. ourselves the woman was like no you can't do that yeah. <laughs> get out <laughs> like I'm not a sexist but she was a miserable bitch no she was like it wasn't even like hard so sorry because of COVID and health and safety you can't yeah, do that I she was totally just understood. like she was just like no like I was expecting her to say no it was just the way she was like no yeah. I was like, all right. Not like, oh, I'm so sorry, or like, oh, because of COVID. Like, that would, it was literally just, no. No. Like, she was a miserable bitch. Yeah. <laughs> what was annoying was there is a pub near me that would have 100% let yeah. us do it, but it closed down recently. And I'm like, no. Anyway, so we had a normal pint of Gillis, and now let's compare it to tinned Guinness. Yeah. And oh. like, okay, so this is the thing, because I've never drunk Guinness before, because it looks disgusting, it smells disgusting yeah. i was expecting something a lot fucking worse i'm yeah. not gonna lie i was really expecting the worst it was surprisingly drinkable it i don't think i would choose to drink it no i could drink it i honestly thought i wouldn't be able to get through a glass and i did it was surprisingly drinkable i'm not sure i would choose to drink it yeah i get it more like i have drunk bits of it before i agree it's surprisingly drinkable what i don't get is people who can drink loads of them because to me it's filling it's mm. like a smoothie yeah. Right, open yours, because my can went crazy can. 
shake these? No. Drink it. Drink the Guinness. <laughs> it's nowhere near as different as, as people were hyping up to be. I feel like people are like so precious about Guinness. They're like, oh, it's got to be a problem. It's not that different in a can. Well, I'm just so unfussy with beer, honestly. I'm just like, obviously, if you sat me down with two IPAs or two lagers next to each other and said, sit both, sure, I could say slightly different. Yeah. But overall, not that different. And people get so fucking precious about it. In beer in general, I'm like, it kind of all tastes the same. You Piss know? water. <laughs> like, it tastes like beer. Should it- we talk about Harry Potter? Uh, I guess we should finish It's the this final book. chapter. Chapter 38. That's so many chapters. No, it is because I was looking up how many Half-Blood Prince has just to start planning the season. And even though the book is, it's shorter, obviously, but it's not like that much shorter. Mm. It's only got just under 30 chapters Mm. so this has a lot of chapters this book but this is also wild when you think about the fact we're on episode 86 and but this is 38 chapters so it's like half the podcast yes this book has been half the podcast we may as well just be an order of the phoenix podcast Mm -hmm. you guys are so desperate to finish actually well i don't know anyway we'll talk about our final thoughts about the book at the end of this episode Oh, God. I know. We've got a lot to get through, haven't we? Mm. Chapter 38, The Second War Begins. <laughs> Chapter opens with a newspaper article, which I feel like is like a precursor to book six and book seven, which like J.K. Rowling's like, I'm going to be so smart and start my chapters with newspaper. Like she gets into it in book six and yeah, seven. Of she goes through a phase. She does. So I remember picking up book seven and be like, how many fucking newspaper articles am yeah. I going to have to read to start this book? Yep. And I used to skip through them. Now I like them. But I was like, oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's Fudge giving an interview saying Voldemort's back. Dumbledore's... Oh, I just spilled Guinness down me. Yeah, it's all over my feet. Um, oh, people would pay for that, you know. I know. Photos of your feet covered in Guinness. Guinness. Uh, our email is goblet. If <laughs> <laughs> you want to buy Guinness feet pick. <laughs> Dumbledore has been reinstated into everything. It's like newly yes. reinstated headmaster. And this is the Wizagamot. La, la, la. Mm-hmm. Turns out this article is being read out loud by Hermione, who is sitting up in the hospital bed. She's sitting in one bed, Ron's in the other. Harry's sitting on the other Ron bed. Ginny is curled up on Hermione's bed. I'm like, how small mm. is Ginny? Yeah. <laughs> is she a cat? Is Ginny a cat? Potentially. Harry's actually a furry. Because multiple times Harry describes her as curled up in chairs. And I'm like, how small is this girl? Yeah. I got such massive pandemic vibes of the article. You know, that stage of the pandemic in like halfway through April where they were like, we know we've been saying this isn't a big deal. Yeah. Because then it finished with like, people have been wondering why when there had been rumours. <laughs> when it's like as early as uh, Thursday last week, they were saying he wasn't back. Yeah, it's like, like literally, it's that like, like uh, early April where they were like, Ah, shit. Ah, no. <laughs> no, definitely. I got the same vibes. Yeah. Like, literally four days before the country went into lockdown, Boris was like, maybe you shouldn't go into work, but it's fine. You know, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So, yeah, Ron and Hermione are in the hospital. Everyone else is just visiting. They've been healed. And this, to me, is my ultimate, like, missing moment from the books because they're from Harry's perspective. Hermione and Ron must have woken up in hospital and found out through someone or one of them found out and told the other that Sirius is dead. Like, oh yeah. How did this 
go down this whole situation. They also would have arrived in the hospital extremely injured. Ron was still conscious, but Hermione was unconscious. So Ron probably knew that Sirius was dead, but Hermione didn't. Mm. Did Ron have to tell Hermione? Oh my There's God. so much yeah. here, which I'm he like... He absolutely did. He did, didn't he? Can you imagine how much... To me, this like makes a lot of sense of how much kind of closer they appear at the beginning of book six before it all falls apart. Yeah. Because this... And I go into it a bit more about like how injured they are later in the chapter, but like this must have bonded them so much because for once Harry's more on the outside and they're caught in the middle of it. Yeah. Oh my god, I'd never thought about the fact that yeah, they didn't know all of what they had didn't gone know. On. Someone must have told did because Ron must have kind of because he was kind of awake, must have yeah kind of known, and then God, it must have been horrible. Yeah. Oh and Hermione was like fighting for her life. They didn't even know what curse had hit her. Like, yeah. Jesus. And also, it's one of those things. It's not like they're going to be like, oh, it's fine. Harry's really well adjusted. I'm going to take <laughs> this well really well. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. Like, once they then both found out, they're in there for like five or six nights and they yeah. have visitors during the day, but they're sleeping in beds next to each other during the night. Are they just lying there being like, so almost died for this friend um how are we feeling about this whole thing mm. <laughs> how are we feeling about our well-adjusted friend harry <laughs> this is where you can see how they end up in book seven where harry gets paranoid that they're having conversations yeah. about him without him because like they do have a lot to talk about just like whoo that kid <laughs> <laughs> he's not doing great yeah ron's arms have these deep welts on them and it says Madame Pomfrey said that thoughts could leave deeper scarring than almost anything else. To me, this does not read as external injuries. To me, this reads as like mental injuries that Ron has been through. But maybe I'm just like reading that wrong. I think it's just, it's like, it's, it's a metaphor, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, it's the whole like words cut deeper. Than, yeah. Like it's, it's that same level of wanky. <laughs> You know? But physically on Ron's arms. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's really deep and metaphorical. Yeah. And like, you just, you can picture like JK just patting herself on her back after. But it's like, what that. are actually Ron's injuries? No, it's like thoughts can thoughts leave deep injuries. Okay, so but what's deep. actually wrong with Ron? Is he okay? Yeah. We don't know because Harry doesn't care at this point. He that's does. The thing. He cares at no point. Well, that's the thing. It is fine he doesn't care at this point. He's got lots of other stuff going on, but I'm like, what's wrong with Ron and Hermione? Yeah. You don't tell us anything. Yeah. I feel like Ron could have had like serious scarring. Like, for, like mental and rest. physical scarring. Yeah, but for the like literally the rest of the series and Harry just would never have mentioned it. We know he does because he makes a joke about it in the next book where Hermione's saying that Harry's got fit over the summer and she's like, it helps that you've got a scar. And Ron goes, you can still see where those brains grabbed me. Yeah. So he is scarred permanently Yeah, and this. Harry's just like... It's not about me. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Because then, yeah, Hermione, every time she leans forwards, is like, because her ribs hurt. She's taking 10 different potions a day. Mm. This is like the first time that both of them have been seriously injured when Harry isn't. Like, I feel like every book ends with Harry getting quite seriously injured and Ron and Hermione just being like, oh, no. Harry is not physically injured. He's like mentally injured, obviously. Yeah. But Ron and Hermione have almost died. They're the worst out the six of them. And like... This must have made them question things. Like, obviously, they remain friends with Harry, which I think shows their, like, loyalty and their bravery so much. Mm. But it must have made them question... This must be the point where they realise they don't even know about the prophecy yet, but, oh, by being friends with Harry, we could die. Like, yeah. we came close to dying, and this will continue to happen because Voldemort still wants him. This will happen again. Yeah. 
they're like 15 and 16. That's so much. Yeah. Fred and George have sent a load of chocolate frogs, which is like, I like this because we get like, it's expanded upon later in this chapter, but it's like the first hint of like, ooh. Fred and George are doing well. I know. And of course they've sent Ron chocolate frogs. And also, it's during the course of this chapter, Ron eats 14 of them. You go, Ron. You've yeah. been in. Did you eat 14 frogs? But Absolutely. Harry's like, Ron picked up his 14th frog. I'm like, all right, <laughs> fuck off, Harry. Let him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Luna's going to Sweden in the summer. Of course, she, of course she is. Of course she is. Of course. And says so the gal that literally like a week ago was looking up how much flights were to Sweden to and look this- up to look for Crumplehorn Snorkax. Yes, yes. But I discovered that I could either get a new piercing for forty pounds, mm. or I could fly to Sweden for the weekend for thirty three. <laughs> and you chose neither. neither. <laughs> I thought. Just wake up in one of those moods where you're like, I want to do something spontaneous oh, and no. dumb. God, yeah. The other day I was looking up flights for next weekend. I was just like, where could me and Neil go? Yeah. yeah. Found some great deals and then didn't go it, through with it. It's so cheap right now. That's yeah. the thing. But yeah, I was I was just like looking it up and then I was like, it's probably not that sensible. Anyway. But yeah, Luna's like, I'm going to Sweden. And Hermione's being really nice about it because they've all yeah. kind of bonded. And I'm like, mm-hmm. she's yeah. like really trying. She's, she's like, like she kind of swallows it. And she's lovely. like, lovely. Wow. They're just chatting about school, which I like, yeah, I really like. So they're kind of like, oh, a tiny bit of the swamp has been kept because it's such great magic, but Flitwick's been able to get rid of it the whole time. Then they start talking about Umbridge and it turns out she's been in the bed opposite this entire conversation. Mm. And they're like, yeah, Dumbledore went in to rescue her, came out unscathed. Yeah, he just strode in. in. And carried her, carried her. It's badass as fuck. Yeah, you can just imagine like the wind catching his beard and his hair as he literally carries Umbridge. Who told him she was there? Hermione. (laughs) One of them just as an afterthought, like by the way, Dumbledore. Presumably at some point, Dumbledore went down to check on Ron Hermione. Like, I've got two students that nearly died. Should probably check up on that. And Hermione's like. Just By one way. other little thing. Um, just off the top of my off head. Off the top of my head. We're fine. <laughs> I did lure Umbridge potentially to her death. <laughs> do you know what centaurs do? Because she's there. <sighs> so then, uh, trigger warning for this bit, unfortunately. She's unscathed physically, physically. But still has leaves in her hair. No one has helped her take the leaves out of her hair. And not speaking. And Ron's like... She shows signs of life if you do this. I don't know why I'm laughing because it's not funny. And Umbridge sits bolt upright and is like... Yeah. You know why I laugh at this bit? Purely because it gives me Monty Python, you know, when they get the coconut shells. (laughs) But, like, aside from that, absolutely no. Like, it's so fucked But it's only fucked up if... You think what happened to Umbridge is the theory that she no, was raped no, by the No, it's fucked up either way. Either way. I mean, one for me, this is like confirmation of that theory because it says how she seemed like physically oh, yeah, un- yeah. unharmed, which... Apart from the fact, yeah, she's sitting there like, yeah. Yeah, it, it's like she... I mean, it's really horrific because when you think about centaurs and obviously their lower half is horse. I mean, we obviously had an episode with Potlos called... Horse dick. Um, yeah. 
So that's horrific, but I can understand how, as far as they're aware, she would be physically unharmed. Yeah. But for me, this is what, like, if they carried off her off and beat her up. Yeah. You know, so for me, this is confirmation of what they did. Yeah. That she seems physically unharmed. Yeah. As far as obviously they can observe. Um, but yeah, mentally traumatized. high. So for me, this is like, this is for me, this is confirmation and yeah it's really fucked up because even if they didn't literally rape her they still did something to her and yeah. it's really fucked up and the six of them it's clearly meant to be implied that if that is what happened the six of them don't know because they say to each other nobody knows what happens yeah. to her and then i feel like you know ron hates umbridge and is kind of a mean jokey person but if they knew what happened to her mm. they wouldn't go this far no surely not surely not but yeah just they make click clock noises and she has a really awful reaction. Mm. And they're just like, ha ah, ha Hermione and Ginny are just cry laughing. Like, oh, oh it's so fucked. God. Yeah. Um, Harry hasn't told any of them about the prophecy. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah, and he doesn't tell them till the beginning of book six. We get that kind of much yeah, later. which is wild. I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, I guess he, yeah, he's just got so much he's else processing. on his mind. And this whole chapter, the theme of it, I feel like is trying to find someone to talk to and then finding it in the person he least expects, which is Luna right at the end of the chapter. Yeah. And because... also just like, he, he said about not knowing whether he wants to speak about it or not. And yeah. like, oh my God, I've had that like so many times with various things when you're just like, I really don't know if I want to talk about it or yeah. not. Like... And that's fair. Like, he needs time to process yeah. it. He needs time to process how he feels about it before he explains it to other people. But it also shows him growing up because previously he's always told Ron and Hermione every little thought that's come into his head. Yeah. So he goes to see Hagrid. Yes. And he walks past the windows and he's like, he's doing that thing where you're kind of sad and you're looking at other people and you're like, oh my God, they look, look so happy. Mm. And he's looking out at the students and they're messing around the Quidditch pitch and swimming in the lake. And this one of those moments where I'm just like, oh my God, I want to go to Hogwarts. Like those last few days of summer, can you imagine yeah. just like swimming in the lake? I know. And, like, but this in general, like, done. you know, we're nearing the end of winter and we just got started to get all these like, really beautiful descriptions of summer. I'm like, I'm so ready for summer. Same. I just want the hot weather and the sun oh, and, oh. Same. Especially I last like summer winter. Shit. I like winter leading up to Christmas because it's kind of like fun and exciting. This side of it is a drag. Oh yeah. my God. I know. So reading this, I was like, oh, I just really fucking want summer. Yeah, same. And like, I just... Do you remember the days of school, like when your end of end of term exams had finished and you had those last few days and you were just like run around on the field? Mm. That but on crack because you're at Hogwarts and you can like fly yeah. around a Quidditch pitch. Like, but Harry's kind of seeing it all from the outside. Yeah, and he's walking towards the grounds when Malfoy, Crab, and Goyle appear. Yeah, just as they always do. And Draco's like, "You're dead, Potter. You're dead, Potter." Uh, and then Harry's like, "Funny." You just thought I'd stop walking. walking around. Harry's this... like, I may be deeply depressed, but I still have sass. Yes. <laughs> this chapter honestly whacks out like most of the sass out of the entire book. Yeah, so much. She it's, just kept it all. He's like getting ready for his book six, Harry. Like, I've got some sass coming. Yeah. I so wrote then... Malfoy is pissed about daddy being in prison. Yeah, because he goes, you can't land my dad in prison. And Harry's like, I thought I just did. Funny, I, I thought I did. <laughs> Savage, and then he's and then Harry's like, well, at least everyone will know he's like a dickhead, and oh god, yeah. it's brilliant. Then Snape appears, and Harry's well pissed off, and there's the line, he would never forgive Snape, never. I wrote, uh, but he doesn't even know. Okay, so I wrote that down, and then I was like, he doesn't even know at this point. 
He doesn't find out till the end of book six that Snape was the one that overheard the prophecy and told it to Voldemort. He, yeah. Dumbledore hasn't even told him all the information yet. And Harry's like, he'll never forgive him ever. You are not ready. And also you're not ready for the 180 you're about to do. Ugh. 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 Snape is saying Gryffindor have zero points and they'll simply have to. And then we were saying, you know, we were saying that Voldemort did the best entrance of all time. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. take it back because in comes Sass Queen up. 500 with, <laughs> we'll simply have to, and then she goes, add some more. Bow, bow, bow. What an entrance. She's got a traveling cloak. She's got a walking stick. And then, yeah. Adds, oh, Yes. Yeah. So she gives Gryffindor a fuckload of points, gives Ravenclaw some points. Yeah, because you get 50 points for, you know, facing Voldemort, Voldemort and breaking loads of school rules. It's yeah. the theme of the book. I like that it's not Dumbledore doing it. McGonagall's like, it's my turn. Here yeah. I go. Mm-hmm. I also... Is that the same amount of... Yeah, it's the same amount of points they got in book one. So Yeah, valid. <laughs> Harry walks on to Hagrid's and at this point I wrote, this is a roll call of all the characters in this scene. Literally, this chapter, I was like, is there anyone not mentioned that we have met at some point? Like, it's endless. So he goes down to Hagrid's and Harry wants to keep the topic off serious. But Hagrid keeps kind of accidentally bringing him Mm. up in conversation, which Which is is very Hagrid. Yeah, but also like normal. Mm -hmm. And and eventually Hagrid kind of notices Harry's reaction Mm. and says sorry. But then he says he knew Sirius longer than Harry did and I was like, alright, don't show off about it, Hagrid. Yeah. Like, I get what he was going for, but the way he's like, I knew Sirius longer than you did, it's like, alright, like, it's not really fair yeah. that Harry didn't. I know, and like, Harry's also so valid in his reaction when Hagrid's like, he would have wanted to go in battle and Harry's like, I don't think he would have wanted to go at all. Valid! valid. Like, valid. yeah, Hagrid was not helping. Yeah, I, I get what Hagrid was trying to say, which was Sirius couldn't have lived with himself if he had sat at mm. home with Harry in danger. But Harry already blames himself for putting Sirius yeah. in that danger. So that sentence doesn't help because yeah. Sirius shouldn't have been in the danger in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I find it really sweet that Harry wanted to go down to Hagrid and that's like... That was his instinct. Yeah. Like, I really love that. I really, really enjoy their friendship. And I enjoy, like, Hagrid trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Like, I enjoy that. But also, like, Hagrid, for fuck's sake. Yeah. It is really sweet that Harry wants to talk to Especially because we've barely got any Hagrid. In- this has been the Hagrid-lightest book of all of them. Because he didn't yeah. show up till, like, halfway through. Then he mm-hmm. buggered off. So, like, yeah. we really haven't got much Hagrid time. He's a slacker. Yeah. So, Harry then bolts straight away. He's like, no, yeah. I'm not doing this conversation. I have to go visit Ron Hermione. So he doesn't. He goes and sits by the lake, hiding from everyone. And he's trying not to think about Sirius. So instead, he thinks about the fact that he's got to either become a murderer or be murdered. And I'm like, heavy. Okay. Like, this this boy needs Mm -hmm. some therapy. But instead, what he has, which is very good. So he goes out in the middle of the afternoon, like it says it in the text. And he doesn't go back in until the sun is completely set and he's cold. And it's like... Jacob Rowling basically says he's been crying the whole time. And, like, yeah. he needs a good cry. Well but done. She, like, implies it. Yeah, and she, like, did, she does it again where she doesn't say it. Just let the boy cry. Men can cry. It's okay. Yeah, you she's can like, cry. he wiped his face on his sleeve. I'm like, he cried for five hours. Yeah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. We've all been there. It's all good. Yeah. But also, it just, just let him cry. I know he needed to cry alone, but the idea of anyone crying alone makes me really upset. And Harry has like grown up so lowly. The idea of him just sitting all alone 
having a cry. I was just like, yeah, I want to hug him. Yeah. Oh, baby. So some days pass. We're going towards the end of Thames. Fee- uh, feast. Umbridge gets chased out the castle by Peeves. Iconic. And then Peeves borrows Professor McGonagall's walking stick. And then she's like, oh, damn it. I can't run after her. <laughs> and then it's the night of the feast. And Harry's trying to pack, failing miserably. And he like sends Ron away. He's like, leave. I need to pack. Get out mm. my room. And then Harry's packing and he finds the package. Yeah. And in the package, which was at the bottom of his trunk, is a two-way mirror with a note on that Sirius had the other. And his first thought isn't, oh, I could have used this to communicate. He actually never registers that thought, which I'm glad I didn't have to read about him registering that thought, but we all know that. But oh, his first thought is, I'll be able to talk to Sirius. Which is just such a leap. Oh, but... Oh, like, no, even if he, he talked had... to his... He, he, he saw his parents in the mirror of Erised. That's where his mind goes. Like, he mirrors. knows that that wasn't... I know, he but didn't he's... have a conversation he's, with them. It wasn't sad. Like, I know, but it's such a leap. I, I understand that it's the grief, but it is such a leap. I know, I know. He obviously can't talk to Sirius. Yeah. And his, like, mind is, like... Because Sirius didn't, like... Have the mirror on him. Which we don't know, and he possibly did. Yeah. So well, Harry... no, we later know he didn't. Of course. You're right. Yeah. So Harry smashes the mirror. And he's mm-hmm. so upset, and he's thinking about how he wants to talk to Sirius. That, yeah, he doesn't even process the fact that having the mirror means he had a way of communicating with Sirius this whole time, rather than the plan he went for, which eventually yeah. caused Sirius's death. But on top of that, something new I thought about, which... um. Hi, get ready to break. I thought about this like four months ago and wrote the note down and then I've been like Mm. copying it between notebooks. Did Sirius spend the months from Christmas to June thinking that Harry did not want to speak to him because he didn't know that Harry had not unwrapped the parcel? And did he die not knowing that Harry hadn't unwrapped the parcel? I like to think no because I can't emotionally deal with that. I like to think that on a level he probably knew why Harry didn't. I think that Sirius is so childish. I hate that you've got a point, please stop. That he did sulk for a bit. When Harry spoke to him after the Snape pensive incident, was that after Christmas, after he got the mirror? I can't remember. No, I can't. I think it was. Yeah. I think it was. So I think by that point... Oh, no, yeah, it would have been. Yeah. So I think by that point, Sirius would have been like, why is he speaking to me through the fire? He's not using the mirror. And I think by the time he died, so by the time he went to the ministry, he would have been like, if Harry went to check I was here and didn't use the mirror, Mm. he never unwrapped it. But then that makes me sad because Sirius would have been questioning why Harry never unwrapped the mirror yeah. and like, I feel like he probably could have worked it out. I know, but it made that made me even more sad. Mm. Sirius's thought process and those first few months after Christmas when he maybe thought Harry just couldn't Didn't be bothered wanna. to speak to him. Yeah. And then I was like, good, I oh, wanna... hate it. Don't like <laughs> it. Thanks. Hate Stop. it. Stop. So Harry sprints out the room after he smashed the mirror everywhere because he's like, hey, people can kind of come back after the day. Yep. I need to find a ghost. Oh, I hate this bit. Because it upsets you? Yeah, because it's so sad. I know. It's, it's the fact that... So he, he runs and he tracks down Nick. nearly headless Nick. And Nick is just like, essentially like, I've been expecting you. And this is what breaks my heart. It's that, like, being a ghost stuck at Hogwarts must be miserable enough. Yeah. 
you're then adding into the mix clearly any student then then deals with a death well that must thing. come to them yeah he says like this happens when people experience an unexpected yeah. grief and i was like Oh my god! Yeah. How often are students running to you, being like, "Will I see my dead yeah. mom?" And I'm like, and oh. "I also feel like it's probably one of those things like the ghosts probably don't really get spoken to that much, like aside from at meal times when they're there and kind of force themselves." Yeah. So then it's like the only time they get get sought out for conversation is when someone has suffered a loss and to have to let them down and explain to them. Yeah. Horrific. It's, re- it's it. really horrible, and it, and it's yeah, and it's also really weird because. Harry obviously grew up not knowing that ghosts were real. And now he obviously knows that they're real, but it's like until this moment, he didn't put two and two together that ghosts are real. Ghosts are people who have died because he's never thought, oh, why didn't my mum and dad come back as ghosts? Like mm. he's never thought that. So it's yeah. like, it's kind of like, oh, ghosts, they're like quirky, like Nick. And then he's like, oh my God, like Sirius mm-hmm. could be a ghost. So then he has to go through his grief all over again. Yeah. Because Nick explains... And we get to learn a bit more about ghosts at this point. That ghosts are an imprint of themselves to walk the earth palely. And then later he says something about how a feeble imitation. Mm -hmm. And this made me like wonder about ghosts. Like, is it kind of how we interpret the portraits of like, they can't like learn new information, not new information, but they can't. Who they are when they died is who they are now. They they can no longer grow and change and adapt. Because I almost, I wrote it like, are they like a reflection of themselves? Like mm-hmm. the reflection you see in the mirror is still you, but it's not the real you. Like, is that yeah. what a ghost is? Yeah, I feel like, yeah. Yeah. But then, because Harry's then like, w- w- where do people go when they die? Like, why are you here? And like, we learn that like, Nick was afraid of death. So didn't pass over. Mm. And then he basically says through the context, I sometimes think, but it's too late now. So once you choose to be a ghost, you are stuck forever. Forever? Forever? That's the worst thought I've ever heard. What about when the planet explodes and they're just still going to be... I don't know. Is there no way to pass over? Like, think about Myrtle. She died when she was like 14 and she's still roaming the Hogwarts Mm. halls for the rest of time? Yeah, surely there must be, like, a way to, like, release spirits. Like, that's why, like, the whole, like, unfinished business thing, you know. Mm. It's like there is a release. Well, that's why I kind of like how they use the Bloody Baron and the Grey Lady in book seven, because that was totally about unfinished business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the ghosts aren't really... Nick doesn't have unfinished business. He says he was just afraid of death. And Sirius isn't that type of person, so won't be coming. Yeah. For sure. Oh, God. So Harry then runs into Luna, who is not at the feast because people have hidden her stuff. J.K. Rowling was like, do you know what I'm going to do in the last chapter? Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to, I'm going to do the mirror. And I'm going to do some really dark shit about ghosts. And then I'm going to be like, Luna's bullied really badly. Like, I was like, I am trying to feel cheerful. And you're Mm -hmm. just like, insert knife, twist knife. Or in my case, insert speculum, twist twist speculum. speculum. Sorry, that happened to me yesterday. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, insert speculum, twist speculum, because Luna 
is you bullied think... by people who steal her stuff and don't give it back. You think they would be like, ah, oh, this chick can't be too bad. She was at the ministry. Like, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you think that? Like, everyone knows they were there. Yeah. Who's doing this? And then I was like, this is so mean. Then I was like, this is totally a school thing. Like, I didn't no. get all my stuff stolen, but people used to steal, like, my pencil case at the end of class. And then, you know, when you would go off to different classes. So I'd then have to show up to my next class at a pencil case and get told off. Wow. That never happened to me. Well, you know, I was a loser. So was I. Jesus Christ, have you met me? Actually, at one point, my pencil case got thrown out of the classroom window into the tree. And I was just like, what the fuck am I meant to do now? It's now in a fucking tree. I do think it's quite funny that I definitely would have bullied you in school. Yeah, someone once threw my shoe out the classroom window as well. And it was just like on the school field. I was like, thanks. Now I've got to go get it with no shoes on. How did they get your shoe? Oh, because I used to slip them off under the desk, so it is my fault. <laughs> wow, they were like, this will stop her doing this because her feet really smell. <laughs> oh, God, maybe it was that. Yeah. But yeah, children are dickheads, but you yep. think they wouldn't do this to Luna after the whole ministry thing. Yeah. And like, Luna is perfectly aware that people think she's weird. She's like, did you know that people call me loony? And Harry's like, I hate myself. Yeah. <laughs> But then they have like a really nice chat and Harry actually feels a little bit better. I know. And And also I think this is like a really good example of where, because you know, like the theme of the last few books is like Harry and Voldemort are so similar and like they had lots of similar things in life. Mm. Harry is so intensely in his grief right now. But then when Luna is like, oh, you know, people steal my things and are mean to me. He feels so empathetic towards her and wants to help her. I'm like, this is where he differs to Voldemort because even when he's in pain, he's like, well, how can I help? Like, this is awful. Yeah. So Luna asks about Sirius, which I think is great because she's the first person to actually ask about it up front rather than kind of skirting around the subject. Mm -hmm. And Harry's like, oh, you can see Thestrals. Who have you seen die? And he's like, oh, yeah, my mum died when I was nine. Mm. And Luna, like, tells him about her and, like, tells him nice things and says she knows she'll see her mum again because she knows that those who die are close by. They're just beyond the veil. I really love this bit because I know Luna clearly believes in some sort of afterlife, like some sort of Mm. actual physical afterlife you can pass on to. But I think J.K. Rowling writes death in quite a clever way in the books where whatever Harry believes, whether beyond the veil is real or not, it still works if beyond the veil isn't a real place because the dead do never leave us. They are always just there because when you've loved someone, they impact your life. Your life has changed. Therefore, they're always there. And mm-hmm. like, that's another interpretation of beyond the veil. Like, that I'm always going to be close to them. They're always there. Like, Luna believes in something a lot more solid of an afterlife. And I think Harry does too. And I think textually, like, J.K. Rowling writes about an afterlife a lot more. Yeah. But I just think like, I love that she just said they're always close by. They're just beyond the veil. Yeah. And I feel like this whole chapter is like, yeah, Harry trying to find someone to talk to, like not realising he needs someone to talk to. And finally he finds it in Luna. But this is why, and I'm sorry, I genuinely think that I ship him and Luna more than him and Ginny. I do. Honestly, this chapter I was like... It, and, oh it, and it's not just God. this like they have so many moments throughout the books just these yeah. really and it like don't get me wrong like i you know obviously i value like the male female friendship it doesn't always have to be romantic but i just see a lot more in it yeah in him and luna than i do in him and Ginny. if anything i see him and Ginny as like friends i agree i'd never really thought about it in that much detail 
And I'm so excited to read, like, I know yeah. there's little bits coming up in the next two books. But the way that she comforts him in such an unexpected way and the way that they are, like, both, she understands grief. And when you think about it, this makes sense because his other friend, like, Neville obviously understands grief. But, mm. like, Ron Hermione although have probably grieved before, don't understand like the acute grief that yeah. Harry has gone through. And he just realises Luda can, and he says it feels like a weight is lifted from his stomach slightly. Yeah. And... I also, I just think him and Ginny are so similar. And I, yeah. I'm a big believer in being with someone different to you in the right ways. And I think that Luna is different to him in the right ways. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I, I like it. I really like them together. I do. And yeah, this whole section just made me feel a lot of feelings and just love yeah luna so much like she's amazing and then she her. says that classic line of like oh things always come back to me in the end i'm like yeah how she's such a positive person when so many negative things have happened to yeah. her and i think like i was talking on the discord about how it's almost kind of a 180 in book six when harry is kind of like oh, i've decided to be cheerful now but i honestly kind of thought like reading this section with luna i'm like he doesn't decide to be cheerful one of the things that happens is he talks to luna who has also been through acute loss yeah who is bullied and who is so cheerful and so lovely towards everyone he's like i could do that yeah. i could do that he doesn't have to be a miserable aggie cunt <laughs> Book six is a lot more pleasant. Yeah. So then we skip to the train. Mm -hmm. Malfoy, Crab, and Goyle try to, I don't know, kill Harry or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally but, like they try to kill him. Yeah, but then the DA are in the next carriage and do so many spells that they're essentially like oozing slugs. slugs which, slugs. like, once again, how were some spells okay and how were just three unforgivable? Like, I don't. Is it like the mixture of spells? But also. Ernie's like, I love it when his mum's going to see him. I'm like, aren't you three going to be arrested when they roll <laughs> yeah, these three slugs onto why the platform? Why is this unregulated? I'm sorry, like, you need to at least be in detention because they're slugs. Like, I know they were trying to kill Harry. <laughs> they're slugs. They're slugs. Um, they go... So there's oh I love so much the whole relationship thing. Basically, Cho walks past... Harry, like, looks at her. She blushes. And Ron's like, what's even going on there? Harry's like, don't give a shit, mate. Yeah, over um, that bitch. And then Ginny's like, oh, she's with Michael Corner. Which is so messy when you think that yeah. Ginny and Harry end up together. I so, know. like, it's a little yeah. weird square. But then... <laughs> Ginny has the best line. Mm. But so then, basically, Ron's like, oh, just pick someone better yeah. next time. And then looks at Harry. Yes. And I was like, sorry. Sorry. I had always interpreted Ron as kind of not not wanting them to get together. But in book six, when they do, kind of being like, oh, like, fine. Like, I guess if it's going to be anyone, mm. Harry's the best bloke I know. Not fucking shipping it. I kind of like, love this. Yeah. When he's like, mate, someone better. I feel like, honestly, I love it for him. I love the idea that it's like, he knows that Ginny always had a crush on him and then yeah. he could just see that they're good together. Yeah, I love like, this from Ron. It's quite mature from him. I yeah, really like and it's it. also like, I like the idea that this entire time Harry is just so oblivious to Ron and Hermione and when he does eventually start to think about it, 
it's in like a kind of this will inconvenience me, me way. way. So I love the idea of Ron just being like, oh, I just think Harry and Ginny would be really good together. Because Hermione is a little conniving thing in the next book where she is clearly trying to get them together. She yeah. is doing, she is putting work in. Do you reckon in. like Ron and Hermione were like working together? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. When they were alone together, like on their prefect rounds, they were like, so how do we get Ginny and Harry together? Yeah. And like the entire book, Harry's like, no, I can't because of Ron. And then Ron's going to Hermione. When's he just gonna do it already <laughs> kiss my sister i love this i love this but then Ginny drops the best bombshell of the book oh yeah <laughs> and she's like i've picked dean thomas do you think he's better mic drop brilliant love it i'm honestly i'm not slut shaming she's a slut and i fucking love it i love it and i love that she's always going after guys in Harry and Ron's yeah. year. And she's like, first I sat with Michael <laughs> in the DA. Now I'm going to go with a boy you share a dorm yeah. with. Yeah. I also love that it. Do- she hasn't even said that they're together. She just said that she's, she's picked, she picked him. him. They <laughs> might not be going out yet. Yeah. She's just like, it's my next target. I'm going to get him. I'm like, yes. Love it. Love it. We love Dean. We yeah. love Dean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's the thing. When they try to, like, make Dean and Ginny not a thing, Jake Rowling has to do it in such a way where we don't end up hating Dean because yeah. Dean's the best character. Dean's amazing. So Ginny's like, he helped me through the portrait hole. I'm like, fuck off, Ginny. Dean's great. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I mean, yeah, I can see why they didn't work together. It's yeah. fine. So basically the whole Order of the Phoenix meet them off the train. Yeah. To confront the Dursleys. Why do all the Dursleys show up to pick Harry up? Like, I know it's kind of implied that one of them has to show up but do the three of them are just like oh we may as well make a day trip of it like why do all three of them go i guess potentially they do like you're gonna have to go into london yeah presumably the train doesn't get in until like five o'clock because it takes like six hours so maybe maybe they they do a day trip in london have a day and yeah what do you think they do on their day trips in london egg poor people (laughs) (laughs) love homeless people maybe they like go see a matinee oh that'd be nice but i don't want them to have a nice day I feel like they wouldn't do what my family used to do where we used to go to London and then my parents would just find a central London spoons and we we would spend most of the day in spoons (laughs) despite having spoons back home. I like that. But you don't don't need to go to London to go to spoons. No. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like they do that. They maybe go for like tea somewhere that's like shitty but meant to be kind of fancy and nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 what I think. Um, oh, I bet they like in winter definitely. I bet they go to Winter Wonderland as a family. Yeah, <laughs> Hermione's parents are there. Yeah, like they're mentioned more than normal, but not by name. It's just like Mrs. Weasley hugs Hermione <laughs> first, and then they start hugging her, and then Hermione gently extracts herself from her mother. More the weird relationship hinting that's never expanded. Upon. Literally, I'm like. And, but then also Mr. Weasley's having a great chat with them. I'm like, just yeah. give them... It wouldn't... Would it have taken that much to give them, like, a paragraph each book yeah. and include their names? No, it fucking yeah. wouldn't. And just, like, I don't know. I kind, I kind of love the reading of her having a bad relationship with them because I feel like we have Ron so close to his parents. Yeah. Harry, they're dead. Uh... <laughs> But then he's got, like, you know, abusive, like, yeah, uh, guardians. So I don't know. I kind of love if it had just been, like, yeah, like, she comes from a good home, but, like, not necessarily good parents. 
Like, you know, it's like they're dentists. So, you know, they probably earn a decent amount. She's probably had like a very comfortable middle class living. But that doesn't mean that they're good parents. Yeah. And I kind of, I would have liked to see that kind of inclusion. And I feel like that would have made like Harry and Hermione's like sibling kind of bond a lot stronger. They both kind of came from like shitty, you know? Yeah. To me, the way I always think about it because of things she says in book five is she was close to them, like not as close as like the Weasleys are, but basically her being in the Wizarding world and her being friends with Harry meant that she couldn't tell them things and it put a massive strain on their relationship and mm. so they drew just drew apart from each yeah, other. Yeah, but we just see her from such a young age just constantly prioritising like school and her friends and so I don't yeah. know. I just, I just think it's like such a bold thing to decide at such a young age. Yeah. And the only thing that for me really kind of justifies it is if she had a bad relationship with them, like yeah. if they were just not good parents. I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I think just, it's all bad writing. I don't yeah. think any Either of this way, is textual. Just expand on it. Yeah, I don't care if it's they were because good or bad to parents. Me, to give of, us context. Yeah, because I know we've said it before, but to me, one of the most emotionally impactful bits of book seven is when Hermione explains she has to wipe her parents' memories. Yeah. Can you imagine how much better that section would have been if we'd had six books of at least like yeah. giving them I some know. backstory? Because like honestly, when like when the seventh film came out and opened on that, I. Cried. cried it's the opening scene i cried hysterically yeah. like that would have been so much better if there was actually context behind it oh <laughs> so yeah the order of the phoenix kind of go up to the doors he's like hey don't mess with our kid and petunia is like offended by tonks's pink hair <laughs> of course she is <laughs> she fucking love. hate me <laughs> and they're like D treat harry right D don't be a dick yeah and mr Jones is like, are you threatening me <laughs> And he's like, yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> and Harry describes them all standing there facing the Dursleys as a bunch of oddballs. I just love this. Yeah. I love it so much because I feel like the end of the book is about the oddballs, the rejects, the the people who were rejected by society for some reason rising up and beating mm -hmm. Voldemort. And it's like this little bunch of oddballs. Yeah. I love it. Big love for it. Love it. Love it. So then Harry's like, bye, and shakes Ron's hand. What's wrong with men? <sighs> when, when they were like, could Ron a... shook his hand, I was like, hug, hug, yeah, hug. Yeah. Your best friends. You are, Ron is the thing you would miss most. Mm. Hug him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, but that would be gay. Their Do you crotches think they might ever touch. hug? They hug once in book seven. Do you think they ever hug? I do not know. When Harry says the handshake, do you think they're doing that thing where they're like, that men do, where they're like, you go um, in and then you do the back slapping? No, I think they're doing the parent trap. <laughs> the full. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that, yeah. <laughs> Including the little hip bump. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's, that's what, what they're doing. doing. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Canon. Mm hmm. That's that the was end the, of the book. book. That took a little while, didn't it? Didn't it? Just... Across three years? Two years? Well, across, yeah, three years. But two years. Well, a year and a half, we just hit, yeah, three years. I don't, wait, hold on, I don't know. Anyway, it's been a long time. Still a long time coming. I read something recently that I wanted to share with you. So we've been kind of not rinsing this book, mm. but we've kind of been agreeing throughout that it's long. It's kind of the worst of the later ones. Yep. It needed more editing. 
uh, we've liked the plot and everything else. Yeah. But that's what we've been saying. And then I was reading a post recently, basically by someone, it was either on TikTok or Facebook, I don't even know, or Reddit or something, where someone was like, oh, Order of the Phoenix is my favourite book. And people were agreeing and explaining why in the comments. And one thing people kept saying was it was like the beginning of it. It takes them so long to get to Hogwarts and it's so different from all the other books. It feels like fan fiction mm. in a good way. And I had never thought about it like that. And I found that really interesting. And I don't really know, like, I don't really know why I'm even bringing it up. I just, to, to us, we're like, it's too long. They need to cut it down. But I kind of like that people like that it's too long when they're like, yeah. it feels like a fan fiction. Yeah. I think that's cute. My thing is, I really like it because I love all that like excruciating mm. detail because I'm such a Harry Potter fan. I think where I don't like it is when you try and get people that aren't Harry Potter fans to read it. Yeah. And it's just quite... Like, I don't know, like, so Connor's um, reading them and he's, like, just read the first one. So I'm really excited for him to finish June at last and get on to the second one. Yeah. Um, like, he has started it. But I'm just like, I just know when he gets to Order of the Phoenix, I'm going to have to be like, please stick with it. Yeah. You know? Because it's like, I love it. But I, I can totally appreciate that I love it because I'm such a Harry Potter fan. But the thing is, I love it for all that extra detail. But that still doesn't mean it's my favourite out the later one. So even though I love it for all the extra detail, it's yeah. not like it add stuff and then i was trying to think about but actually is the story clever because goblet of fire is my favorite book but then when you look at the plot it's fucking batshit it doesn't make any sense true so then order of the phoenix i'm like does it have a better overall plot yeah in a lot of ways i think it does it's just too stretched out but also it's a really weird plot where you've got this the thing that ties it all together is Harry is dreaming of the ministry, he keeps dreaming of this corridor, he goes to the ministry. But then the thing the book is named after and the focus for most of the book is the Order of the Phoenix and mm. Dumbledore's army. And that doesn't really factor into that end yeah. bit. So it's kind of, you know how like Philosopher's Stone and Chamber of Secrets and Prisoner of Azkaban, yeah. and I know they're shorter books, they're like very like a tight plot, like everything is about that one thing. Yeah. Like, the Philosopher's Stone. This is more about loads of different things mm -hmm. with just like a big thing that happens at the end. Yeah, that's really true. I think if I were to order them out of what we've read so far, mm. I think this would be my least favourite. Of all five we've read? Yep. Interesting. Followed by number two. Okay. Then Goblet of Fire, then Philosopher's Stone and Prisoner of Azkaban first. This wouldn't be my least favourite. I would probably put number two at the bottom. Mm. I like, I just, my feelings on that book are so like, as a book, bang average. But for what it gives later on and the amount of foreshadowing yeah. um, stuffed into a quite short book. Yeah. Chef's kiss. Yeah, amazing. Probably number one next, not because I don't love it, because I do, just in terms of like rereading it for the podcast, it was not, but also it was the longest to go, so I don't remember it very well. Mm. Then probably this one. It's probably tied with book one. And then book four is still my favourite book personally to reread. But book analysing book three the way we did gave me such an appreciation for it. Like I think yeah. that was my favourite to kind of go through because it's such a clever book. Yeah. To be fair, maybe I would swap one and Goblet. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. They're very close. Yeah. But that doesn't mean like any of them are 
bad. But yeah, I was trying to think rather than, because the whole way we've been like, this book is like overwritten. We've been making jokes about how long it's taken to get through. Mm. And then I was like, I enjoyed reading this like long Reddit post of like people whose favourite book it is because they had like all these reasons for it, which I just found really cute. And I was like, yeah, like I, I, I do see why it is. It's got, probably the most character development yeah in definitely a, in, in in most of the books and it, it's really character focused which i like a lot yeah yeah definitely i do agree on that but then also i think a downside of it is everyone's at their most dickheadish in this like we've talked about yes. Hermione being her worst obviously harry's at his worst yeah. jesus christ yeah like i think percy leaves Molly doesn't like Fred and George doing the joke shop. Like, a lot of people are very... Dumbledore's fucking irritating in yes. this book. Wow. Yeah. I think I'm excited for the next book because we start to get all the romance bullshit. I know. And I know people just... hate... I know people hate the book because of that. To me, it makes it one of my favourites because I love that kind of thing. It's like we... You get so much stress in the series, especially this book is so fucking depressing. Yeah. So it's quite nice to have the lighter stuff in the next book. I agree. You get to enjoy the trivial drama. And to me, it was what we were saying at the end of the last episode, it grounds it and it makes it that real world yeah. fantasy rather than high fantasy that mm-hmm. Harry's romance issues with Ginny are as big a stress to him as almost being murdered by Voldemort. I think that yeah. makes the book so clever. But I was talking to Neil the other day about a fantasy book he was reading and he was like, oh, they keep focusing on the romance and I just don't care. When he reads a fantasy, he wants it to read the fantasy. And I was asking about like the fantasy plot, li- the love interest plot lines in Game of Thrones and Harry Potter. And he was like, yeah, I get why they're there, but I just want to skip to what I'm actually reading the book for. And I was like, that's so interesting because I think it just adds to the book. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm so excited for Half-Blood Prince. But also we only have two books left. Yeah, I know. I find it really hard to summarise this book purely because it's like we did start it so long ago. I'm trying to remember what happens at the start of the book. Like, D- It's so drawn out. Yeah. Like, Yeah, really I, I think... Out. I feel like this book is a little bit fillery. Yeah, like obviously the thing it adds to the overall series is the prophecy. Yeah. But it's a lot of book <laughs> to that. get to that point. Yeah. To just add in the prophecy. Like, it, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, there's so much of the book that you could have just cut. Like, and, and I say this, like, from my most critical standpoint, because honestly, I wish that we could beef all of the other books out. Oh, yeah. Like, I to want this length. the detail of Harry. We never find out what time of day he goes to the toilet. Like, give, no. me, give me that level of detail, please. Yeah. We never, like... He never goes to the toilet, ever. Yeah. How do they masturbate when they share a common room? This is the things we need to we know. We need to know it, JK. Stop giving us your bullshit opinions on gender. Actually, I suppose it's actually easier when you know magic because you could char- cast a silencing charm mm. and cast like a sticking charm on your curtains so they can't be opened. I was so worried about where you were going with that. <laughs> no, like a stick. So, so no, pull but you were like a stick. I was like, what, what are you about to say? What? What are the girls doing to masturbate? (laughs) Imagine a spell where it made the ejaculation just float and stick to the ceiling. (laughs) So you'd come and it would just be like you're in space, but it just just floats up. (laughs) I don't know why my brain has gone here. I think I'm very tired. Wow. (laughs) Okay, so you can all imagine that. That, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I love the day-to-day <laughs> detail. I love it. But this book stands out because it's not quite as like tightly weaved together as the rest of them, I think, is the thing. Yeah. But now we're about to get into angsty, funny, romance, sassy Woo! romance book. Yeah. 
I'm so excited, honestly. I, I know am. we always say this, honestly, but I'm also excited to talk about the film. Yes. Yeah. I have so many opinions on this film. I do. And then it's Connor's favourite, which is wild. So that will be interesting. You'll all get to um, attempt to understand his Irish accent. Yeah, that's going to be the next episode in two weeks' time. Then in two weeks after that, we have the listener submission episode yep. before we start Half the Prince. So we've got a bit of time as we wrap up this season to mm-hmm. kind of final thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. And yeah, if you have any thoughts on anything we've said in this episode or any other episode in Order of the Phoenix, send us Voice notes by the 11th of March. Yes. Get them in. Do it. We want to hear your thoughts we about do, this. Especially, we talk too much. Yes. And it doesn't have to be specific. You could tell us about your thoughts on the book as a whole. You could be like, hey, it is not too long. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for listening to us talk for oh, we have two a years. Oh, shit. Me. <laughs> oh, shit. Me. <laughs> the question is from Ronan, who did, made us drink the Guinness. So he was basically explaining that his friend makes a podcast where they watch three quarters of a film and then they make up their own ending. So he was wondering if you could scrap the Love ending. That. I know, fun idea. Can we come on on that? <laughs> I'll ask. If you could scrap the ending to any Harry Potter book and write your own, <laughs> what's um, your alternative? Can we introduce a rule where not the epilogue? <laughs> well, that's the thing. So he's saying you get rid of the epilogue. We're not going to do the epilogue. But here's Ronan's own answer. And then I replied to this for context saying, this is the most hilarious thing I've ever read. And he said, sorry, I sent that quite drunk. (laughs) I like this person. Personally, I'd get rid of the epilogue from Deathly Hallows because it was shite. Then I'd have (laughs) McGonagall make the speech from Braveheart before the Battle of Hogwarts. Yes, she's on horseback and her face is smeared smeared with war paint. (laughs) It all ends with Harry standing over Voldemort's dead body as he looks up at Hermione and says, it seems you're not the only one that's good at, puts on sunglasses, solving riddles. (laughs) In the movie, this would be the part where everyone breaks into song and and a dance routine from the ending of Grease as Harry and Ginny disappear into the clouds in the old Ford Anglia. The end. I love it. Ronan. Thank you. You've got such vision. It's beautiful. Do you want to be a permanent host of the podcast, please? (laughs) Oh my God, that's incredible. You're not the only one that's good at solving (laughs) riddles. How are we meant to top that answer? (laughs) Oh no. We can't. Oh my God. Oh. And I now d- can't remember what happens in any of the Harry Potter books. No, me neither. I'm like, what happens? Um, what happens at the end of books? Can I change it so that at the end of this book, Harry gets therapy? <laughs> end of book one, he just, you know, like kills Voldemort, gets it over with at the beginning. Yeah. Maybe, you know, end of book six, make the beginning of book seven easier. The The train comes in to platform nine and three quarters and it just accidentally keeps going. Like, it doesn't stop, so it just hits and kills the Dursleys and then Voldemort's like, ha ha, your protection's gone and just shows up at the train station like, nah, I win. <laughs> Wait, that's easier. Why doesn't he just send a train at the Dursleys or something? <laughs> Why does he keep trying to attack at the house? Like, go for the train station. Yeah, that's so true. Like, get them, you know, when she's in the supermarket. Yeah. 
there. Get her in Waitrose. I don't think Harry goes shopping with her anymore. No, exactly. So, like, just do her in when she's... Yeah, doing the weekly food shop. Why am I writing a new ending where Voldemort wins? (laughs) I don't know. I just think it's funny that Dursley's being hit by a train. Yeah. Ah, I just... I don't want to give Seven as, like, the obvious... Yeah, it's too But, like, fucking... Yeah. Get rid of the Hogwarts houses actually do something about the slavery of the house elves. Well, like, actually this, make societal change. Well, this made me think, Ronan, we might not be able to come up with a funny answer, but it gave me a really good idea for a season eight episode. Yeah. We each write a new epilogue. Yes. And bring it. Add it to, to the, the nation so I will. we don't forget that. Yeah, we each write a new epilogue and bring yeah. it in. And if we actually you... try to write it like in the style of Harry Potter yeah. and how it would be written. Yeah. If you guys, by the way, have season eight ideas we've already started like an actual like proper written down list because we don't want to keep it going for no reason so yeah. we're coming up with actual like proper episodes things like doing that things about talking about the series like themes as a whole so like an episode on feminism throughout yeah. uh episodes you know on like diversity throughout um so yeah do let us know if you have any concepts yeah because i think if we if we when we do do kind of season <laughs> eight and what we do in that what I think is a good focus for it is we look at the series in so such detail for such small parts. It would be good to use season eight to be like, okay, the whole. Let's look at the whole thing. <laughs> I think I like Guinness. Whoa! What a good way to end this episode. What? What are you talking about? Like that earlier was saying really drinkable. Hated it. Yeah, I know it is. It's like, I hated it. I said it was like quite herby for my like... Well, no, before you had it, you were like, I can't believe we're going to do this. I Honestly, it doesn't taste anything like I thought it was going to. What did you I think, think the, it was going to taste I just, like? To me, the colour made me think it was going to be really potent. To be fair, it's less potent than I thought it was going to be like... I kind of knew what it tasted like, but I thought it tasted stronger. Yeah. It tastes like an, just like an ale. Like, yeah. Thank you, Ronan, for your alcohol and your question. I'm sorry we didn't give it the funniest answer, but it did make me think of a great episode for season eight. So that's yeah. a good, good thank prompt. You. And, and, you, and you gave us a great laugh. <laughs> You're not the only one who's good at solving. There's something about that solving riddles bit which actually tickles me. <laughs> When we direct the Netflix show, (laughs) that's how it's ending. But in my head, rather than the song and dance from Greece, I'm seeing them standing over Voldemort's dead body and then being like, we're all in this together. That's That's literally what my head did. I was in my, I was gonna, I'm not shitting you. I was going to make that joke. Clearly this is what it needs to be, but that's also fucking creepy. Get out my brain. Also, I want to rewatch High School Musical because I haven't watched it since it first came out. And it looks hilarious. I've seen like, I feel like I have watched it since it came out, but in like individual clips yes. on like TikTok and YouTube yes, and stuff. Same. And now like I keep seeing bits on TikTok and I'm like, this looks like a laugh. Like I want to rewatch yeah. this. Thank you guys so much for listening to this season, this book. I know. Um, cray cray. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To find us on social media, search at Goblet of Wine Pod on Twitter or at Goblet of Wine Podcast on Instagram. We also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do. This podcast is produced by our wonderful Hufflepuff tier patrons Yolanda, Samuel, Samantha, Nicholas, Lewis, Layla, Catherine, Hannah, Ashley, Ash. 
Amelie and Alexia. If you'd like to support this podcast, check out our Goblet of Wine Patreon, where you can also gain access to bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and our Discord. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.